welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every week. And oh boy, is there a lot to talk about this week. I'm Ashley. Gus. Adam. And a uh, special shout out to our sponsors for this episode, Squarespace and the Rooster Teeth Store, because we can sponsor ourselves. That's cool. So there's, um, there's a lot to talk about this week. Hey, in fact, you know what? Um, uh, we're in the process of, uh, you know, uh, we just brought on Eric Vespi, mm-hmm. um, uh, formerly of Ain't It Cool, who's uh, doing, um, he's doing his famous holiday guide, mm-hmm. his geeky holiday guide for us this year. <laughs> we're using Squarespace to build it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah so it's like legit. So you're going to build it, it beautiful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been a lot that's been going on in games. We are now at the sort of final couple weeks of big releases for the year. Uh, the big release this week is Battlefront, and oh boy, uh, is oh there Battlefront is that coming out? I, I haven't heard much um, about that with that game. But before we get too overwhelmed by the number of things to talk about uh, with this particular game, <coughs> what else have you been playing? Uh, I'm still in the middle of Shadow War. I, I, wow. I, so, uh, I love that how, game. How far like, would you say you are? Um, I think I'm pretty close to being done with it. But for me, so I have difficulty playing this game because if I see any orcs that I don't control, I must control them. So it's like I have to go through and control everything before I move on. Maybe the, uh, the twist for uh, Shadow of War 3... Um, is Shadow of, you know, I don't know, whatever the Shadow of Celebrimbor. That's what I'm going to call okay. it. Because here's what is going to happen. Brimbor. I think that the the final twist of this entire saga is going to be the I Am Legend. You are the monster. Mm. Look, like, look what you just said, Gus. I, you can't, you are a, you you are can't a ghost not man. mind control the orcs. Yeah, you mean, have to have all of them. You're bringing all of them under your control. You know what? I can control you? them. I can do good. You think Keller Brimbor has more influence than you think? Like, you think maybe he's controlling you a little more than you want him to? I think so. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's a, it's a fun game. I I, encountered, I tweeted about this the other day, but I encountered a... Um, I think I saw this where you were like, it's going to be fun to take that guy over. Yeah, I found uh, an orc. Yeah, or an orc you called, said he was, was a nerd like, and you wanted to give him a wedgie. His name was Tugog the Poet. And uh, he actually, sp- all of his lines were, were delivered in rhyme. I really, I love those and, little touches. And so, so I found Tugog the poet, and I tweeted about him, and I controlled him. And then, like an hour later, I found another Uruk that was like, whatever, something, the rhymer. And he also had the same mechanic. I was like, but he's not as good. Like, he's a rhymer. He doesn't even know that the word poet exists. He's like a stupider version of the other one. And he also had that same stupid hat on. It's really awesome. You, it's fun to see when developers clearly... Had a good time, probably chuckling to themselves, working oh, there's uh, the poet. in a corner. Oh, look how happy <laughs> Tugog the Poet is. Like, but I love that he was sickly. Just, like, out there, you know, li- living his life. He can't go outdoors because he's got allergies or something. <laughs> so he spent all his time making beautiful poetry. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, you like Until it? you oh, came shit. along and took his mind from him. Uh, I mean, I didn't take it. I just, like, convinced him that he should be on my team. You, like, basically gave him a love potion. Yeah. Like, oh, you're great. <laughs> um... There's a someone mentioned that there's like a Kumil Nanjiani orc. In I, I the haven't game. encountered it. Yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't seen that though. All right. Man, I, anytime I hear him as a voice actor in anything, it's always Kumail to me. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, Andromeda. He played one of the the people. Yeah, on, and on I, like that's all I heard was Kumail. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just got such a like distinctive voice uh, and and way of speaking that uh, I will recognize his voice. The Instant I hear it yeah. in absolutely anything. Uh, he's a good dude. 
Yeah. Very funny. I like him. We had him on the RT podcast once. Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, uh, so what have you, you been playing? You got uh, Yeah, I've been playing a couple things. One of them is board game. Are, one I, of, I was going to say, are any of them video games? One, or of, are one, they all board one game? of them is board game, one of them is video game. Listen, I, I have to flip my time now. Um, playing a lot of, uh, or a little bit of Wolfenstein. That game is sweet. Uh, that game, Ryan has mentioned this, and I'll speak in vague terms as well, but the intro to that game is intense. They make you go through a, a lot of things to get into the story. Uh, but it's it a lot of character establishing work, right? And it's also it's a lot. What for some reason when I think of Wolfenstein, I think of very lighthearted Nazi killing fun. This is not lighthearted as you may think. It's like there's some serious shit in in the beginning of that game, and uh, there's like they they try to provoke emotion, which may or may not uh, be effective depending on who you are. But then. The, the killing is just as good as you expect. Um, pretty early on, they give you like this giant laser cannon that will evaporate enemies. And also the environment and the effect is really great. So like you're shooting at an enemy, he ducks behind like a grate, and it will just like evaporate. And then he's just sitting there like naked, and you shoot him, and he evaporates. It's, it's <laughs> so good, man. I feel like that's a game I'm not going to get to this year, but I'm, I really want to play. I, I don't well, think it's that long. Then, uh great for you, Gus, that it's not hitting Switch when it hits everywhere else. You can just use that as an excuse. Be oh, like, oh see, no, 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 yeah. I really want to play it on Switch, so I'm just going to wait. Just going to wait, yeah, yeah. There you go. I think it's coming to the Switch. Is it coming Done. to Switch? Uh, it is, uh, but it's not coming to Switch yet. Okay. It's uh, early 2018. Got it, got it, got it. I think, uh, you know, Bethesda is bringing a lot of their stuff. Uh, Skyrim's hitting uh, hitting Switch, um, which uh, I'm, I'm checking out a little bit. Uh, Doom, um, you know, so they're, they're working on bringing the library, but... They're, Wolfenstein 2, for whatever reason, um, didn't make date. It seems like they're one of the big third parties that's really leaning into the Switch I and think, bringing a lot of their stuff to it. I think they're one of the third, one of the first third parties that decided to make that move. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are, are behind by several months at least as they're all like looking and being like, oh, oh, interesting. Oh, what? Yeah, oh. How many units did it sell? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So uh, I think... That Bethesda sort of got in ahead of the curve on a lot, which is why we're seeing so many games from them at the moment. But we'll see more third parties as we get there. I also played um, Dead Cells put out an update called The Brutal Update, and I'm not sure all of the patch notes, uh, but they added stuff, which is good. Uh, But that game has changed a lot in the past six or so months that it's been out, Um, and it is... Just as good as ever. I don't know, have you guys played Dead Cells at all? No, you recommend it to me all the time, but I've got so many games I'm behind it's, on. This is a game you can jump into for 30 minutes and just do a run. It's like a Spelunky-esque game where it's like it's a roguelike. Is it on, is it on Switch? Uh, not yet, uh, but I mean, maybe one day. Uh, but it is, they've added a lot of weapons. Um, they've changed some of the mechanics. They've added extra abilities. Like I think wall jumping is one of those that they added. Um, but man, is it still really good. And if you haven't played that game, totally worth checking out. Even in early, its early access date. I don't have much to say about that other than it's real fun. It's Apparently there's, there's rumors of it coming mm. to the Switch, but there's no official announcement. That would it'd be a game that makes sense on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there, uh, there are a lot of reasons to be bringing uh, a lot of games to Switch, mostly because that way I can play them and, and I want to play right. all of them on the go wherever I happen to be. Um, the Switch has really driven home to me that as much as I love really, really awesome graphics and... Um, uh, we'll talk about it more with Battlefront 2 because that's one of its strengths is just being absolutely mind-blowingly gorgeous. Uh, I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of that stuff to take that experience with me. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the bet Nintendo uh, was making, and I think uh, it's paying off. I agree, but it's more like take it to bed, so I can just lay in bed and play before I go to sleep. Yeah, it's you, like you want, you want to play with yourself in bed before you go to sleep. Sure, I guess you could say that. <laughs> so. We- <laughs> I did. I could, and I just... Uh, what are you been playing, Ashley? Um, I've been playing a lot more uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I was traveling a bit uh, over the past weekend. Uh, I went out to L.A. I took uh, uh, Eric Vespi out there. We mm. were uh, working on some stuff with the premiere of The Disaster Artist, so that stuff should be up on the site this weekend. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, but it meant planes, it meant hotels, it meant, uh, you know, I you know I don't... Now that I've got a Switch, I actually don't take a gaming laptop because those are their heavy and they're just a little bit less convenient so I just take a tiny little light laptop and my switch Uh, and so far that's working out really really great for me with the caveat that for a lot of the games that are coming out already for switch uh, I have a powered seat on Mm -hmm. an airplane because uh, Mario Odyssey in particular I'm discovering is just an absolute Drainer on the battery, yeah, so really. I really do need to play it plugged in as much as possible. I still get a few hours out of it. It feels like yeah, like two, two and a half. All right. um, most it, of a flight to LA. Mo- right. Most of a flight to LA. I've just been doing the power banks. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, I do carry a power bank everywhere now, and I carry it in my switch. Case. Do you use motion controls on a plane? No. Yeah. No, listen. No, I feel like this is like, I tried. Who is, I made fun of someone the other day for not using motion controls on a plane, and then I was on a flight the other day, and I was like, I'm not using motion Why controls. Why would you use motion no. controls on a plane? It's like easy well, to, like, with, with, with Odyssey. Look how small are, the seats are. I can barely put my arms anywhere. Well, look, I, I can see it to some degree. Let, let's say you're a window seat, and you're <laughs> off, and you're, you know, you're in your little corner, and you, you know, you put out the little thing, so it's like on its table, and you got your little controllers, you can just do this. Yeah, you know, remote style. Because you remember, everyone, we're a lot smaller than you. Putting the, the switch in the table for me is like here. This is where it goes. So I have to go like this. See, it's impossible. Yeah. For me, the way I play the switch is like this because that's the only way I can hold it. See, I'm, I'm so I'm, big. I'm like compact enough. It sucks. I'm, I'm travel size, so a lot of that stuff works a lot better for me because like I'm I'm lower, so I got a better angle on the screen. I will say that I wish there were multiple settings for the kickstand in the back so that you could have it either facing most of the way up. Right. Because uh, right now, it, it is at a pretty straight up angle. That, that kickstand's uh, And even dinky. for me, I wish yeah. it would be better. Well, the kickstand's designed to pop off. I know, right. It's so, which makes a lot of sense, and it's a it's a very Nintendo thing to do. Be like, yeah, this is gonna get it broken. Let's just design for that. Right, right. But multiple settings on it would be nice. Yeah, that's true. I know you can get cases that do I wonder, that. Do you think you'll see like a aftermarket third party? Where you just like pop your own off and then like put, put theirs in the third off. party. Maybe. It's like longer or. Well, the position it's in doesn't give a lot of room. I mean, maybe it does. I'm just trying to think about how that would work. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, if yeah, if there were some sort of sweet aftermarket kickstand for the Switch, <laughs> I would consider getting one. I mean, I'm already all about the custom Joy Cons. Oh, dude, those things are so sweet. I love my Joy Cons. Uh, uh, Fwiz, uh, Ryan Wyatt from YouTube. He was like, where did you get them? And now he has a pair. Oh, yeah. They're I'm, really... They're, nice. we're, we're spreading. Yeah, they're a little too expensive, but I they are do think they're really cool. I like to justify the fact that I spent so much the, money on them the, as the customization was about $100 and then the cost of Joy-Cons. Ben just sent me a link. Apparently, there are officially licensed play stands for the Switch. Yeah, that, that's cool. I like that. That's great. That doesn't sound plane friendly. 
It's that a, sounds like another thing you have to haul around. It's not that big. It folds down flat. Okay, okay, folding flat. I like that. That's all good. And then you can get different angles and stuff. So potentially, if that can fit in my switch case, that would maybe that would maybe do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all great. There, Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. How many uh, how many stars you got in Super Mario Odyssey? I don't know. Like or moons, sorry. Two, Power moons. Two hundred, maybe. Gotcha. Two, like somewhere in that range. So I don't you're have... being judged like me, then. No, I need you guys to catch up so you can experience that level. It's the super hard level, I'm already living in terror of that now. Thank you, I'm, Adam. I love that game. I wish, the one thing I'll say about that game, I wish there was more of the uh, sort of breakout levels, uh, the ones that are like, you go down a pipe and you have two stars in an area to get, and they're just like, they're compact and fun and challenging. And, they're, they're, and I really love the exploration of the game, but I feel like too many times I'm literally just walking and oh there's a star when I spin my camera and I'm sitting right there like mm -hmm. there's a little too much like they're laying around well you found all the easy ones you, like you said you have 300 to go now now you're about to start finding the rest of them right but I want I want a challenge to get to them rather than just like a uh, like a like an easter egg hunt you know what I mean mm -hmm. but yeah well it's you know little column A little column B there's yeah. a there are enough of them <clears throat> that if they want to make it I like just, those are accessible for like think of the little kids that are gonna be playing. Totally, and, totally. you know, and that's uh, I think that's I just feel like a I good kind of Easter egg hunt for, for the kids. Right. I think I exhausted all of the uh, the ones that are like little level like compact levels, mm -hmm. so. I really like uh, the throwback 2D levels. Oh my god! Uh, there's so me, many good ones of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I loved it when they did it in uh, Link Between Worlds. Mm -hmm. Oh man, uh, that game's so good. And I love seeing it here. Just a, you know you. Uh, jump in and like, oh, it's a little duty Mario. It's very classic, and, and I love that. I love that they also have the different outfits in the 2D. Like, no matter what you put on, you see the, the little 2D version of it as well. There's a lot of work that went into little tiny details mm -hmm. um, for, for Odyssey. So I'm really enjoying the experience so far, mm -hmm. as long as I have somewhere to plug in. It's a great game. Uh, but uh, new games have come out. Uh, those new games, well, new game for this week specifically being um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. So I think we should talk about that. Um, but before we do that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Squarespace. Like I said at the top of the show, we actually use them ourselves uh, when we need special projects, like what we're doing for our holiday gift guide. Uh, and this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain or a website or an online store, Whatever, make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace offers beautiful, award-winning designer templates, and you can create these really beautiful website or online stores with an award-winning template. Uh, it's an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever, and they've made it really, really easy to set up or transfer your domain on Squarespace. So instead of working with a bunch of d vendors to maintain your online presence, you manage all of the domain and billing settings within Squarespace, and you can take advantage of their easy-to-use DNS interface, too. Never been easier to sell products or services online. Squarespace allows you to manage your products, orders, and inventory easily. And you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Go to squarespace.com slash glitch, please, to get 10% off your first purchase. And speaking uh, from experience, they're really good. Like, it's really cool to be able to just, you look at these different templates depending on what you want to get out of a site. Um, you can select one. It takes care of all of that for you. And then you can start customizing colors and fonts and all of the images that you want. And it's just so easy to, especially if you're doing something like a, like a blog. I've I've n never used anything like it where you um, you can like drag in an image and it takes care of all the stuff for you and you can just like start dragging it around and it pops in and out um, but everything looks really really clean 
So it's it's fantastic. I can't say enough good things about uh, Squarespace. And uh, thanks to them for sponsoring this episode of Glitch, please. And our discussion about Battlefront 2. Yesterday, we recorded an episode of Glitch, Please. We like were all we talking do. about, right, yep. like we always do on a Thursday morning, and uh, we were getting all ready to put it out. And then before we even hit publish, EA issued a statement about microtransactions, which are kind of a hinging point of the discussion on Glitch, Please. We spent a lot of time talking about it. We did indeed. Uh, so we wanted to just have make a little bit of an update. We're going to leave the discussion um, after this because I think there's still uh, a lot of points that we stand by. Still pretty relevant. Because, um, yeah, so EA issued a statement late last night um, and they said specifically, <clears throat> As we approach the worldwide launch, it's clear that many of you feel there are still challenges in the design. We've heard the concerns about potentially giving players unfair advantages, and we've heard that this is overshadowing an otherwise great game. This was never our intention. Sorry we didn't get this right. We hear you loud and clear, so we're turning off all in-game purchases. We will now spend more time listening, adjusting, balancing, and tuning. This means that the option to purchase crystals in the game is now offline, and all progression will be earned through gameplay. The ability to purchase crystals in-game will become available at a later date, only after we've made changes to the game. We'll share more details as we work through this. And that uh, <clears throat> that statement came from Oscar Gabrielson, who's general manager at DICE. This would have been a great update if it weren't for that last sentence that said, but they'll, return. But they'll, they'll come back. The, the thing that I don't get is, um, right, you're right. Like, that's, that's shitty uh, still. But it makes me still not want to play the game now because now you're, the only way to pro get progression is through in-game actions which were already nerfed and fucked up to begin with because right, they were going to try to balanced right, to right. try to get you to, to spend pay. money right. so now it's just going to be a shitty experience where you can't unlock anything and, until they fix that and if you had ea access and you were playing early and buying these crystals and getting the, oh, yeah. the crates and everything going to be dope ea access players who had that head start cannot be caught up with now through gameplay right yeah i mean it, they they sh part of this announcement should have been we're rebalancing to to make it easier to progress, right? Well, I think I through, think that'll be step or two. In -game. Yeah. But remember, yesterday we were talking about we're like, is there like is there any way in like five hours they can just like yank all this out? And they kind of did. Yeah, they did. So I, I think honestly, <clears throat> I feel like it's important to give EA a little bit of credit here yeah. because this is going to lose them a lot of money. I mean, pessimistically, I mean, it's, it's not money that they should have been like banking on or building their game towards in any case but it's not easy for a company to give up the revenue that's just on the table there. i wonder i wonder a couple things first off pessimistically the the me looks at this and says we still need people to buy our game and then once we sold through the holiday sales we'll re-implement this we'll make a couple changes and then it'll just be like it was all right, great. And then, like, we'll kind of screw over the player base as it is. But I wonder if this whole situation is going to incentivize companies to not include microtransactions at launch, but rather sell the game, get through the initial wave of sales uh, where the bulk of your units are sold, then introduce microtransactions. Maybe. Well, I, I don't know. Because because this is scaring. This I Right disagree. now we're in a situation where players are scared away from buying. Well, from buying the game. I think that's because this was a very specific poor implementation of it. Right, but any any game you look at pre-release, there's going to be negative sentiment around 
microtransactions, period. If there wasn't that negative sentiment, if you just don't address microtransactions, you don't say they won't be in the game. You can say they won't be in it at a launch. Um, or you just don't say anything yeah. and it doesn't doesn't sway people away from that and then when the player base starts to slow down and you want to pick up some money from it you implement yeah, those. but they're then they're missing the largest part of their audience who are playing their game at launch right because you're gonna have the most people playing the game what I mean unless you're something like battlegrounds you're gonna like the peak is that first month and then you get the yeah, huge drop off. So, I, get, I get what you're saying I'm, uh, I'm just I'm wondering their if, biggest user pool is at launch mm -hmm. I'm wondering if I don't know it seems like this is specifically a ploy, not a ploy, this is specifically an implementation to like say it's okay to come play our game, there's no microtransactions right now, and then like, <laughs> later on like bring them back. And I feel like that seems to be – like I get what you're saying where they'll miss out sales, but if they're only waiting for – they're only wanting 2% of people to convert anyway, then what does it really matter? I mean I guess it matters somewhat. But Yeah, I think they're just trying to r make sure that they don't lose as many sales of the game up front. As they were expecting. Right. But if other games did the same thing where they didn't include microtransactions and would generate more upfront sales, implement, and that would sort of negate the cost of the loss of not having microtransactions upfront, but adding them later would still allow them to do that without, you know, catching flack and losing their initial sales. Well, mm -hmm. I think the important thing to note, too, is that uh, there are a lot of steps to get to this point. It's very rare for a company to make this sort of shift. Uh, it happens occasionally. I know that uh, like Turn 10 made some adjustments to earnings in Forza Motorsport 7 and that sort of thing. But uh, it's still, it's pretty rare for a company on launch night to pull the plug on their microtransactions, even temporarily. But there are a lot of steps to how they got there. And it was- uh, I They've been fucking up for a while. They've been, yeah, it's been like this steady climb. There was the Reddit, the Reddit thread or the Reddit comment that was downvoted, the disaster of an AMA, mm -hmm. uh, and that building across social media. So it started getting picked up with BBC and Forbes and all of those, uh, like the financial types where, you know, act like professionals and other CEOs and people are paying attention to what's there. They don't give a shit about what's on Reddit. But then when you start advising people like, hey, the, uh, the analysts think this isn't gonna go great that's when they start panicking and reportedly uh, Bob Iger, the boss at Disney, called EA yesterday and was like, what the fuck? Wow. Uh, and then a few hours later, this statement went up and crystals disappeared. The crystals is just like the name for the, the version of credits let's, that let's you buy. Let's obscure your real money into this crystal yeah. currency. Yeah. Now you don't feel as bad yeah. for spending $100. <laughs> yeah. What's a crystal? Who knows? Well, it's, it's, like, it's like Microsoft points. Right. It's, 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 right. it's midichlorians. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. Unfortunately, when microtransactions come back, it's not like they're completely overhauling them. They will at best balance them. So there will still be microtransactions in there that change the uh, the advantages in the game in favor of people who pay money. In but at I think at most what they're going to do is just readjust the grindiness yeah. of it. I Oops. hope in the in immediate in the immediate future that they again, I just, I'm repeating something I said earlier that they rebalance gameplay rewards. In yeah, order to have to to keep people playing the game, because like I'm definitely not playing that game. Have you heard like all like most of the sentiment is like it takes way too long to unlock fucking anything. Right. And, like I, if you want to save towards a hero, you're 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 kind of like limping your your uh, what is the word handicapping yourself 
for the characters that you like. If you're playing a stormtrooper and you're trying to save for Darth Vader, like you're not spending your points on upgrading your stormtrooper, so you're going to be shitty all the way for up a to, long time, or you're going to buy stuff for the stormtrooper and not be able to afford it. It's like a shitty cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's uh, like making those trade-offs is like every game ever. If you have to save up for additional skills, but you're right in that we're talking. So now that they reduced the cost down to 25%. They also reduced a lot of earnouts right. to 25%. Right. But, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you know, maybe it's 10 hours now. Um, that's still a very long time to unlock, you know, this, that's this one That's still 10 hours of hero. frustration and right. anger. Ten, 10 hours of playing, like, the worst kind of, like, I have the shittiest character ever, now I can unlock this one for this one specific thing. Yeah. yeah. But Ugh. I think this is a, a good sign for gamers in that people are making it very clear that they're not happy about microtransactions that change gameplay balance. And I think developers will be paying attention to this very close attention. Absolutely. Voices were heard. That's a good thing. Yep. And, you know, and it, it did take things escalating to the point where, you know, BBC is covering this, but it got there because people were making their voices heard across social media. Right. So uh, two things. What is the best case scenario for how these return? And then what is the more likely, what do we think is actually going to happen? I think best case scenario is they're like, all cosmetics, no more star cards. That's the ideal. That is, right. that's the, that is the best possible case scenario right. for that, where there is a, they, so there's three different types of crates that you can get if they make it so you can never get those with the crystal currency, and they make maybe a fourth type of crate, and that's your sweet-ass Yeah, you just have costumes and shit. Um, and yeah, and costumes and all that. Um, and that can only be purchased with these crystals. That's best case scenario. Yep. Uh, more likely, somehow, yeah. more likely they'll uh, reduce the the costs of each I'm, thing with for in-game credits. I'm hoping that we end up on the best case scenario here. I think they have a lot of goodwill they need to re-earn and I think that they need to they need to make good and they need to show they put their best foot forward. So I'm I'm hoping that we get a best case scenario. I like out of I this. would I would really love to see that. I to, would. I think um it's going to be an uphill battle for sure because they lost a lot of goodwill really quickly. A lot of people wanted to be all about this game mm -hmm. like it's got the campaign and it's got you got your cool fights and yeah. the graphics are amazing and all that stuff there's such good ingredients and just this one thing really screwed the pooch yeah before uh, aside from the whole microtransaction talk like coming out of e3 there was a lot of like they're addressing concern kind of sentiment right where they're like they're they're kind of rebuilding that good faith and then they they came into this so yeah so we'll uh, i i don't think that the costumes thing is is out of the question. In fact, my hope would be that in this conversation between Disney and EA, they were like, "Well, we could do this, but we need we need to be able to use the costumes." Right. Um, and you know, then you would hope that Disney would be like, "All right, just you need to sort this yeah, out. Fix your shit." Yeah, I'm sure Disney doesn't want a bunch of bad press surrounding Star Wars when they've got a movie when, coming when movie out next out. month. Yeah. People need to be happy and excited yeah. about Star Wars, not angry o at it. Oddly enough, maybe not oddly enough, I think people's anger is directed through the proper channels. I think people are angry at EA and not at Star Wars. Correct. Yeah, I don't totally. think anyone's planning on boycotting the movie because they're mad at the right, game. I yeah. think that there's a very clear understanding of whose decision this was. But if, you know, if Disney can lean on that decision and be like, we don't need any bad press around Star Wars right now, you fix it right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's good for all of us. Yeah. So, fingers crossed. All right, we're going to return you to the regular podcast uh, of, the, of the past in which uh, we talk about microtransactions as if they're still in the game because they they're going to be back in the game.
and a lot of our concerns probably still stand. But we do have thoughts about like the the game itself that are not. Yeah, remember EA. It's in the game. It's in the game. Star Wars Battlefront Two is out this week. Uh, it is technically out uh, tomorrow, or uh, because uh, we record the show on Thursday, and it's coming out for first members on Friday today. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, it comes out. The this episode will be out for everyone on Saturday. So, Star Wars Battlefront Two, the Pretty newest positive game reviews, <laughs> from, from uh, EA and Dice. Uh, this is the follow-up to uh, Star Wars Battlefront that they put out a couple of years ago. Uh, this game does a lot of things right. In that, uh, they've added things like a campaign, and there's um, the cool like dogfights in space, and all that's really great. The graphics are lovely, and no one is going to talk about any of that stuff because it is also a damn train wreck. Yes, uh, they've had to say they've had some PR issues lately would be putting it very mildly. Yeah, and this has been, it's been sort of a, a snowball effect of what's been happening. So the, the main thing being uh, microtransactions. So when uh, several months ago, uh, EA and DICE made the announcement that they were going to uh, structure the game so that future DLC is free, which everyone likes, because it means that then the the player base isn't split, that everyone gets to stay together. Um, because I think they I think they learned a lot from uh, from like from the the first Battlefront they put out and so on. And so they said it'll be better for everyone if we keep the player base together. So we're going to make all the DLC free. The catch because there's a catch, always, always. is that uh, instead of uh, charging for the DLC, they're adding microtransactions to the game. And what that looked like, no one really knew, but the standard practice for microtransactions up to this point has been, um, in a multiplayer game, just don't affect the gameplay, don't affect the balance. Right. Cosmetics, people are now used to. Like Overwatch. Yes, I would argue that Overwatch really popularized the acceptance of cosmetic microtransactions mm -hmm. as a way to offset costs of future development things like the events they do and mm -hmm. uh, and you know all the all the like new modes that they put out and that sort of thing and so people are it's really like the gold to, standard right now for that model yes uh, so people are sort of used to expecting that and saying okay well if that's what it is um, then we're on board unfortunately for EA that's and for well everyone who really wants to enjoy this game that's not what it is uh, there are microtransactions uh, in the game where, um, and you're, it feels like everything funnels you to these microtransactions, and that's one of the frustrating points. But uh, the microtransactions, you get these crates, and then you open the crates, uh, and uh, or you know you, you you get credits, so you open the crates, or you you get it's sorry, it's a complicated. It's complicated. You get credits uh, that get you crates that then you open and they can have stuff inside them like they can have these star cards. Now, star cards affect your gameplay. Um, there are examples out there of uh, there's a star card that works. Admittedly, it's, uh, it's limited use in that it is for one ship in one mode, but it improves your ship's auto aim. Mm. That's a gameplay thing. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing that is in these uh, these crates that are being driven largely by microtransactions. And you're limited, uh, so you, you go through and you you do different things in the game, and that's how you earn credits. Um, and then you can spend the credits, you can you know your unlock heroes or um, or get these crates with uh, with star cards in them, whatever. 
And I think what really started the shit show was when people realized how much you had to play in-game if you didn't want to spend real money to unlock yes. some of this stuff. And yeah. I think the, 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 the first one that really blew up was someone commented that if you wanted to unlock Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader, because this is a fucking Star Wars game, uh, that it would take 40 hours of gameplay in order to, uh, to do so. And EA responded to their comment on Reddit and now has the most downvoted comment in Reddit history uh, as a result of that. Yeah. Um, they were talking about just trying to justify, I guess, uh, what they did. Yeah, so um, I'll bring it up here. Uh, this was a spreadsheet someone made uh, based on, and, and this has now changed. EA did say they've changed um, some of the balancing a bit, um, but they made a spreadsheet for, uh, you know, for how they got to the 40 hours, for how long it takes to uh, unlock. I love me a good spreadsheet. Uh, uh, yeah, Darth Vader specifically is one they were upset about. Um, and that says that the... So they did a whole bunch of, of math of the average Galactic Assault match length, which is 11 minutes, 9 seconds. Um, the average credits per match, which is 275. The average credits per minute of gameplay, which is 25.04. Um, but then the gameplay minutes required to earn a trooper crate, that's 4,000. Um, uh, that's 159.73 gameplay minutes. Gameplay minutes required to unlock one hero, 2,395.9. Seven. And when they say forty hours, when they say gameplay minutes, that's like in a match, not just the not, right. not including the in between time. Right. Did you see the the rough estimate someone did? It was like it's going to to unlock everything in the game. It will take forty five hundred hours or two thousand dollars. Yes, um, and you know, and that's that is all shifting as well. So it's um, it can be a little challenging to keep up with right. the math at the moment. But um, let's see, open here, um, and then yes, EA responded. Um, and ended up with the most downvoted comment on Reddit of all time. Congratulations. That is a record. That's something to be proud of. Um, it was um, last I checked open. Are you looking for the comment? I am trying to open the comment. I've got it right here. Okay. Um, the, yeah, it was last time I checked it, like 680,000 yeah, downvotes. They locked that's, it. So that, that's where okay. it stopped. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what, what do said, we get? So then they're responding uh, to that spreadsheet. They said, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course attainable via gameplay. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the top current topics here on Reddit, our forums, and across numerous social media outlets. Our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and update everyone as soon and as often as we can. Yeah, I get the feeling that that appreciation, uh, I, I don't know if they're really feeling it all that mm -hmm. much. Uh, not, not sure they're appreciating the feedback they're getting. They actually, uh, be, as this has been snowballing, did an AMA on Reddit. Uh, which on, went, on Wednesday, yeah. On Wednesday, which went about how you'd expect. Every response from EA got downvoted so heavily that they had to create um, additional posts rounding up the answers. Uh, which kind because, of sucks, because, because no you, one can which see is, them. You couldn't see it, yeah. Yeah, which is stupid. Right. Uh, you know, people trying to send a message, and that I understand. But I get the sending uh, messages, but... <laughs> it, the thing, though, that I, that I understand why people um, were continuing to send the message, as they're get, like even as they're getting answers, is that... The answers were, they felt very much like lip service, like oh. platitudes. Oh. There were a lot of vague non-answers. We, we should also mention that before, the, between these two events, 
EA also announced that they were going to reduce the number of credits needed in order to unlock those heroes. Yeah, so they reduced them like 75%. Yes. So they reduced them down to a quarter, which is great. You know what else they reduced? The number of credits you earn beating the game to 25%. Yes. Un unbelievable. The, the, also, the, the other scandal that was happening during all this was people were upset and refunding the game digitally on uh, EA's website. Uh, and then EA saw that this was happening and removed the button to refund the game. Right, so you had to contact support. So you had to support, contact then. them through support, yeah, either chat yeah. or phone call. And then, of course, their staff is going to be completely overwhelmed. Let's say you have, right. um, let's just say you have a thousand people who want to refund the game. Right. Um, and I imagine it's a, many, many more than a thousand. But uh, if you have a thousand people and you've got five support staff work, you know, Which working is, at the time, then the queues are going to be, like, you're basically if, frustrating people into not refunding. If you've got a thousand people and it takes five minutes to take care of each customer, that's 83, over 83 hours of work. Right. So it's, you know, it's, um, it's just, it's sort of snowballing. I think that there is a lot of things that EA is doing exactly the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, this, there's a good chance that uh, this could like, I don't know. Do you think this could ruin Battlefront? I think, I mean, it, it seems to me that the game, the multiplayer experience is already kind of ruined as a result of this. But I think that we'll see how, if people vote with their wallets or not. I mean, if I'm people not, actually I'm not buy it. the game or if people get uh, the DLC. Uh, I should mention, I guess, at this time that I was sent a code for this game by Microsoft. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, we, we received I, one I, I, uh, with the promotional the Xbox One X at Microsoft. So. Right. I haven't been able to play it yet because as of the time of this recording, uh, the game's still not out. So... Yeah. Um, I, I've had uh, I've had access to a bit of the game. Again, I also um, I got a code from Microsoft, not from EA, uh, and I have EA access, and so I was able to play uh, through part of the campaign and check out some of that stuff. Uh, I checked out like the arcade mode, which that's another fun thing. Uh, so the main way that you uh, you know get these heroes and get these um, these crates to get these star cards and everything is these credits that you earn, right? Uh, and there's an arcade mode, which is also what they use for, um, you know, as the game's downloading and it's not all the way done, it gets 30%, it's like, oh, you can play it now. Uh, that's the one mode that they have available, is this arcade mode, where you're, uh, it's sort of objective-based offline, but it plays out like multiplayer, you're on a side and you try to, you know, shoot a bunch of dudes. So it's you're playing against computers. Yes, um, and complete, complete objectives, and, you know, that will reward you with credits. Until you top out for the day and they're like, you can come back in however many hours. Like, there's a cooldown timer on how many credits you can earn via the arcade mode. How, how, this was, how, how many matches do you play before you hit that cooldown? Uh, I am not 100% If the answer sure. is the cooldown happens at all, it's bullshit. It's to bullshit. Totally. So, um, this actually uh, went around a whole bunch yesterday. Um, a friend of the No, friend of Rooster Teeth, Boogie, you know Boogie? Oh, yeah, no, Boogie. Uh, he was playing on Twitch, and he hit the cooldown timer. Um, and so there's actually a clip on Twitch of of the cooldown timer. And I think... Here it is. Um, right. So here it is coming up now. And I, um, if I recall correctly, this is a cooldown timer that gives him three hours. Yeah, it's a three-hour timeout. Yeah. More so, credits available in three hours. However... Where does it say that? It's um, the second it's the line? the second line there in the middle. Oh, yeah. my God. More credits available in three hours. But I've actually seen... Uh, I've seen uh, just people take a photo of their screen with a 14-hour cooldown Jeez. timer. Jeez. So... They, they well, top what's out. What's the delineation there? Uh, they don't want you. Not sure. They're getting you know, too many credits really... without using your credit card. Well, wh why are some people three hours and some people fourteen hours? I don't know. Don't know. 
All right. Don't know yet. I think uh, I think a lot of these things will become much more clear as people get into the game and are able to. Uh, it's to provide you with a sense of pride and accomplishment. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I do want to make a quick correction here. Okay. Uh, ben just sent me a link to an article that was run on VG247.com, saying that there never was a refund button in Origin for Star Wars uh, I... Battlefront Two. I, I, there was a link on Reddit that was like, here's a button to refund your... Right, that's been debunked. proven false. Okay, that's gotcha. Debunked. So that is actually just... And uh, yeah, VG247 has an article about it here saying how that's not the way refunds work on Origin and showing that the button was never there to begin Got with. Got it. So Interesting. They, yeah. There's a bunch of... A bun there's actually even more uh, like fake <laughs> controversies surrounding this as well uh, where there was a developer who claimed to receive death threats, but then he wasn't a developer. It turns out he doesn't work for EA. Right. You right. heard about this guy? He was, um, there was big a... Big Sean Yeah, Big Sean something tweeted out that, you know, they're like, I'm up to, you know, three death threats and like a thousand, uh, you know, uh, a thousand threats against me, something, you know, all because people didn't like uh, a mechanic in a video game. Uh, and uh, it was, I believe it was actually uh, Jason Schreier from Kotaku... Uh, was looking into it, like went back through the Twitter history, trying to like compare some of the uh, conflicting information that this person had posted about their work with EA, contacted EA, who has no record of this person. They have no idea who this would be. Um, ended up getting in touch with uh, Big Sean, that, who that, then <laughs> removed any mention of EA and privated his Yeah, they say that person's account is now privated. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so, um, it, you know, it was a thing that went around, which, uh, don't get me wrong, I would be very surprised if public-facing representatives of EA have not received death threats I agree. over it's, Battlefront 2. I, we've seen it happen s way too much. We saw, uh, you know, Call of Duty. They've, the people uh, have, you know, quite famously posted the responses from, uh, from their community of gamers when they would, like, rebalance the, the reload time on a sniper rifle, something, you know, like that, that then uh, they would get death threats over things like that. So with uh, as much as going on with EA, I'd be surprised if that hasn't happened. I don't like that I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I, hope, I hope this... But that particular case was not true. Correct. We, we've seen a lot of controversy like this surrounding games, and I hope that... One of these days, maybe it's this one, like this will affect the game in some way where they're forced to make changes moving forward. Well, they may be in this case. Uh, they're now getting to the point where shareholders are concerned. And uh, Ben, if you can look up for me, there's uh, there was an interesting quote, and this came out of uh, it was like a like a Forbes or a, you know a, like a stockholder tracking uh, firm that was saying that they. Uh, they don't usually worry about Star Wars too much. They don't worry about review scores and things like that because whatever, it's Star Wars. Uh, but they're actually starting to be worried about this because of the social media backlash. Let's see what I can find. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so it may, like, if it, this affects their stock price, uh, then they will be incentivized to change things. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that a lot of gamers recommend is uh, either, there's usually one of two routes people take. One, don't buy the game. You're right. Uh, just skip it entirely. Vote with your wallet. So, I, I actually have okay, a quote you have here a quote? you're talking about. Uh, it was at a Bank of America Merrill Lynch investor meeting. Um, the CF, EA CFO was asked about the issue, and one analyst, Justin Post, wrote, 
Management highlighted game depth and quality, but did not provide an update on unit expectations. As for the Battlefront 2 hero cost controversy, EA indicated the original hero costs were established based on targeted rate of gameplay progression and balance, not economics. Post added, we see recent controversies as a potential risk for unit sales versus buy side expectations, although EA has conservative estimates for Battlefront live services. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they're so calling they're, them out. They're saying basically that they saying are, like, we think this is gonna tank unit sales. Mm -hmm. uh, who is this? So a different analyst, so Michael Olson wrote, Early reviews have been impacted by negative sentiment around a character progression system that publications and consumers believe overemphasize microtransactions. We believe review scores for a game like Star Wars Battlefront are less important given the strength of Star Wars brand, wow. but recognize the negative sentiment is a challenge. That's, that's such a crazy, like... Uh, what a weird way to think. We, we don't care how people review our game because it's Star Wars. People buy it anyway. Man, but they're I, also not wrong. I hope they are. I mean, like, at, like at some point, at some you, point, people have to. If you look at it to some degree, uh, like in the first Battlefront they put out two years ago, it sold 14 million units, and it was widely considered to be uh, an empty game. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, fun for a couple minutes, but uh, the player base fell off very, very quickly because there was no staying power. There just wasn't enough depth to the game. And it's still, in spite of all that, sold 14 million units. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess you're right. I mean, and that's on the strength buy, of being Star, Star Wars. Wars. You're right. Uh, you know, so I understand why they're like, eh, yeah. the other reviews are really going to be up in an issue, but because there are a lot of people out there who are just going to be like, Star Wars, great, and buy it. Yeah, I mean, think about it, right? Like you said, the, it had 14 million sales. That's way bigger than 680,000 downvotes. Yes, it is, and uh, that's one of the the things that's coming up is people asking like. What can I do to, you know, make my voice heard? How can we let EA know that this is not okay? So people are saying, uh, usually it's one of the two routes. It's either don't buy the game, give it a skip entirely, or if you want to buy the game, buy it, but don't buy microtransactions, which, if you ask me, is a bunch of people who don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. They've got, like, a little bit of FOMO. They don't want to, like, not get the game because, like, what if they like it? Mm -hmm. But figure maybe that's enough. Honestly, I don't think that's going to be enough. No, I agree. Like, I, I think agree that I think that buying the game and handing over the sixty to eighty dollars, whatever, is not gonna. That doesn't make a dent. No. In uh, in EA's uh, revenue from this game at all, I think that if you know, I, it's not gonna be six hundred and seventy-seven thousand people who, like, the, all the people who downvoted that comment weren't necessarily all gonna buy it and mm -hmm. then decided based on that not to. Uh, so that's. What, let's say it was 500,000 um, out of 14 million. million, that's... It's like less than 4%. Yeah, you know, and so if they're like, oh, well, you know, sales are down 4%, um, and that's assuming that everyone who downloaded that was a purchaser right. and is now not a purchaser. Like, that's... It's really frustrating to feel... Like your numbers don't no. matter. And, and I, say, I know I made, I'm going to get shit for this. I know I made the, the, the downvote comparison here in the sense of the larger number, but it is, honestly, it is just one website. So, I mean, we'll see how that sentiment goes across um, to all other websites and people who don't have Reddit accounts or, you know, didn't, yeah. didn't, don't read it and don't, um, don't interact there. Yeah, so I think the, I think the real risk um, of something like this is, uh, you know, we all buy the game and agree not to just, just gentlemen's agreement, we're going to not buy microtransactions. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that, that in, like, EA doesn't miss out on that because they 
we're probably relying on the microtransactions of like 1% of players anyway. In fact, there was a, a really um, interesting, actually very cool thread by uh, a game designer who works um, for, I think, like Boss Fight. I'll look it up in a second. But uh, he designs microtransactions for free-to-play games mm -hmm. um, and had some thoughts specifically on EA's implementation. Uh, and he was saying... <laughs> So his name is uh, is uh, Damian Schubert, and we'll we'll link to the thread in the uh, in the link dump. Um, it says he says let's talk about loot boxes and how annoying it is to watch AAA publishers fuck them up from the perspective of someone who has to design them. I've been working in free to play games for four years, and loot boxes are pretty crucial to that business model working. But it is possible to do them ethically, and they are super easy to fuck up. The number one mistake that I've seen in free to play games is devs who don't understand that not spending is normal play. Most of your customers will never give you a dime. The Zynga Facebook games that used to spam your feed were a success if they had a conversion rate of 2%, a successful business model if 98% of your population never drops a dime. Things have edged up since then and people are designing, uh, and people designing these have gotten more sophisticated, but we're still in a world where the guys who plan microtransactions are delighted if 5% spend. What it means, though, is that the non-spendy version of the game is the norm. The game that you see as a non-spender is what 90% plus of your consumers will see. Uh, and uh, Dungeon Keeper on mobile, remember that one that was the microtransaction mm -hmm. nightmare, uh, uh, failed because uh, what those people saw was a game where spending was absolutely mandatory. And that view of the game killed the game because that 90% plus of the population is your game's virality. They're your word of mouth. If you're free players, or in the case of Battlefront, your box spenders have a negative reaction. It can kill your word of mouth. It can tank your reviews, etc. cetera. Um, and some people think that Game devs don't care about keeping that 90 uh, plus percent, but that's not true. Most of the games need those non-spendy players because they're multiplayer games. In MMOs, you need people so the dungeon keys will fire. In PvP, you need enough people to make a match and match make them with appropriate enemies. And it's much more true in AAA games where the PvP is synchronous. Um, so what Battlefront got wrong was to put content that people consider core behind a hugely long grind path. They missed that this would be seen as the normal game. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what everyone jumped on. Yeah. Um, you know, and he also notes very accurately uh, that um, the that once you go into microtransactions, players will rightly start to suspect that, you're, that microtransactions are your motives for everything, and mm -hmm. everything is driving you to spend more money. Because in most of the case, it, it is. It is. Yep. Uh, you know, they're not locking you out of arcade mode because you shouldn't be playing it because it's better for your health to take a break. They're locking you out of it so that you will spend money with them mm -hmm. because they they want to limit the number of ways you can get credits without it. Right, that's why you get like a three-hour timeout in arcade mode and stuff like that. I watched a, a video that sort of highlighted how egregious some of the star cards are where uh, the first part of the video is a player playing with normal Boba Fett, no, no microtransactions Boba Fett, and like time to kill was really slow. Like he would sit there and just pelt enemies for 10, 15 seconds and nothing would happen and he would get killed. Then he went and bought some microtransactions and his like time to kill went to like two to three seconds. It was mm. insanity, the, the advantage that he got from microtransactions. Yeah, and um, you know, and uh, you know, these, you can earn the credits, you can uh, get spend them on the the crates and you can get star cards without spending but it's gonna it's gonna take you you know hundreds or thousands of hours to get what someone who just will drop a hundred bucks right. could get um, and that's why people get upset about about pay to win mechanics is that it means that you can't you can't trust the game that you're playing uh, to be to be fair right. to be even 
And once that trust is gone, why would you keep playing? And it's a it's a multiplayer focused game. It so is. like, I don't know. Sucks. It and it sucks <laughs> in a lot of ways too because there are some really great things about Battlefront 2. Uh, specifically, I I've been playing um, the campaign and I really like it. I think that it the graphics are stunning. I really enjoyed the gameplay. There's a lot of uh, really cool variation uh, just in the opening missions that you get to see all of the different things. You know, you get to um, you know uh, infiltrate a like a, a rebel ship and you know like a you know as a spy assault and then escape uh, and then you get to do um some fights in space in your tie fighter uh, and then you uh get to go uh and fight on endor and the, so there are all these uh really cool gameplay mechanics i quite like the story so far i like them taking the time to explore more of the empire's perspective mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's really cool to see. I know they've done it a little bit uh, here and there before, but for the most part, Star Wars spends its time focusing on the, the perspective of, of the Rebels. I will say, um, Ben just sent me a link. You know, we talk about that website, howlongtobeat.com mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, it lists the campaign for Battlefront Two at four hours. Really? Yeah. Okay, so well, for me, that's probably like six. So, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm like half done. Yeah, so you might be further, or you might be further along than you know. Or maybe, maybe, but uh, I think the like so far it's been a lot of fun, and the performance is great. Um, the the girl who plays Aiden is awesome. She's doing a really great. She job. killed it at E3. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's unfortunate in a lot of ways that there's this good game inside, mm -hmm. um, but it's you know it's bolted on to the the Battlefront Two multiplayer bullshit that nobody wants and is going to suffer as a result. And you know what's going to come out of that? Sales are going to go down and EA is going to be like, look, people didn't want single player. They didn't bother buying it. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, well, that's that's what I worry about anyway, is yeah. that, um, you know, they'll take completely the wrong lessons from this. Yeah. There weren't enough loot boxes. Do you think, do you think a Battlefront 2 could be saved if they like pulled an audible and somehow miraculously in the next like five hours took pay to win microtransactions out of the game. I, I, I think it's, it's still possible to save it. I think they, they could do that, but I think that we won't see anything like that. They're going to wait and see what sales are like initially yeah. for the first week and then maybe make an adjustment. I, I but, think, I don't know if that game is very good. I played a lot of the beta and uh, I, I think for me at least, I think I still have the same problems that I have with Battlefront, or sorry, Battlefield, and that is there's so much happening in one big battle that your contributions, m m like 95% of the time, feel insignificant. Mm. Like, unless you're in a tank and getting a lot of kills or something mm -hmm. like that, you know? It's gotta be a team player. Totally, but... It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of times where you're just run, like going into battle and you get killed and you're respawning and repeat and repeat and repeat. Uh, I'm bad at it, to be fair, mm. but like also I just feel like a lot of the, the design around uh, Battlefront and Battlefield is is not for everyone, mm -hmm. especially not for like someone who wants their contribution to feel significant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, those are that's I think that's where we're at with Battlefront. I think for me, this is feeling an awful lot like the new No Man's Sky. Mm. It's a game that a lot of people were excited about that felt like it was doing a lot of the right things. Seems like they learned from the previous game. It seemed, yeah, it seemed like yeah. they'd like they'd learned a lot. They were putting in the things that people wanted. Uh, and then, 
and then they, they put just in some things that people didn't up. want. Um, Coming you know, out of E3, it was like, wow, they're they're addressing problems. It's amazing. Fast forward six months. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, so I I think I I don't know. For me, if I had to choose, like, um, to drop my money on it and and play the campaign uh, and stay out of the multiplayer entirely, uh, I I can't do it. I really like the campaign, but if I had to make a choice there of um, putting my money down or just refusing and moving on to one of the other amazing games that uh, that would very much like my time, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't justify spending that much on the you know, especially a particularly short campaign when I don't want to touch the multiplayer because I don't trust it. There's too many other good games to play. Yeah. There's so many good games. Too many right other now. great options this year, and uh, I hope EA. I hope I really, really want EA to take the right lessons from this. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe they'll shut down Dice next and buy another studio. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's just what's happening in one game this week. No joke. Pretty much all the news has uh, has really just gravitated, uh, fallen into that that well for uh, Battlefront 2. But there is a lot of other stuff to talk about. Um, but you don't want to talk about these things unless you're properly prepared. We're talking about being clothed right. So that you look really stylish, you know? And that's why this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you also by the Rooster Teeth store, where conveniently enough, you can get things like clothes. Roosters yeah, that's right. and teeth. And teeth. Um, honestly, we put out so much awesome new merch, especially this time of year. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, lots of great sales. Um, there's new stuff every single week. And yes, you know, we talk about like t-shirts. That's the that's like the, the main thing that's really easy because t-shirts are a lot of fun. But we also do like, uh, like hoodies and uh, collectibles and socks. Everyone, come on. On. Everyone loves socks, um, you know, or cow chop squiggly cups. There's all kinds of really fun stuff in the store. Um, and it's also uh, if there is uh, another Rooster Teeth fan in your life who you're starting to uh, shop for Christmas gifts for and uh, you're like, hey, I know they like Rooster Teeth or I know they like like Achievement Hunter or the cow chops or the fun houses of the world, then you already know what to get them to make them happy. And you can get it at store.roosterteeth.com. Um, and and if you're a Rooster Teeth First member, uh, you can uh, not only get the latest and greatest merch, you also get 5% off at checkout. So you can get all that, save some money. Really, if you think about it, the more you spend, the more you save. It's simple math. It is simple math. And no microtransactions at all. Uh, you get exactly the thing that you pay for. All right. Uh, and honestly, like, I, like, I need to get, like, I need to go, like, raid the merch like the merch department and just like take all the new stuff because I really like in particular for me the the new uh, Barbara collection. Oh yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're they're very much my style, um, so I'm loving those. But we've also got um, a lot of uh, new stuff coming out for the holidays. So keep an eye on that. Uh, that store darushuchi.com. Now, let's talk about some news. <laughs> I was not joking when I said that there's so much stuff happening with Battlefront 2 that a lot of other news has fallen by the wayside, but there are three things to discuss of interest. Uh, one is that Nintendo is getting ambitious again. So uh, the earlier this year, it's been an issue uh, with Nintendo Switch basically since launch. It's now getting a lot better that there just hasn't been enough hardware out there for people to buy. So we're having constant sellouts. Uh, they couldn't keep it on shelves, and that was, of course, limiting the number of 
uh, hardware sales they could make, which then limits the number of software sales mm -hmm. that they can make, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's and a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle, but it's... Um, you know, it's a cycle that Nintendo goes through an awful lot. They just can't seem to keep hardware on shelves. In fact, the SNES Classic got restocked at Walmart yesterday. Gone in a minute. Wow. I still in don't have one. I haven't uh, been trying very hard, but yeah. So, you know, it's it's, it's a kind of a frustrating uh, thing for a lot of people. But Nintendo's gotten a lot better about it recently. They have been talking about doubling the number of hardware units they're manufacturing and shipping. Uh, I think they're really, in particular, driving towards holiday because this is mm -hmm. the Switch's first holiday period. Uh, there's a new Mario game out, which means that in addition to gamers, like families, mainstream consumers are going to start looking for it. And they're going to be... I don't. I, I tend, tend to think of like a lot of mainstream like gift buying people as having a lot less patience. Right. You know, like gamers they, will sit there and like wait and, and wait and wait and wait. And if the you know if you know your mom can't get you that, she'll get you something else. Mm -hmm. um, so they're trying to address that. It's the most dreaded thing as a kid is like, will your mom get the right thing or not? Right. And you're just like, <laughs> oh god, oh god, oh god. You know, like I asked for a, a you know I asked for. A, a PlayStation, but there she's like, here, have a Wii. Yeah, here's an it's Ouya. basically the same thing. Yeah, have a Ouya. <laughs> it's this new thing I read about online. Or there's like all those so those predatory devices that have very similar names. Yeah. Or it's like, um, hey, you, look, I got you an, uh, an Atari. You remember having one of those when you? I don't know. I guess with that voice, you'd be like, when you were like negative fifteen. Hey, you I, remember that? I had an Atari. Right, but does your mom use that voice with you? No. Okay. <laughs> Is that with um, the negative 15? <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you, they've been working on it, and now they're actually they're adjusting their expectations way up. Oh, yeah, I Like, I way, way up. Like, as in they think they might be able to sell 30 million a year of these. Jesus. Now, um, I'm going to uh, pull up some stats really quickly because just mm. to put that into, into perspective, or, I mean, search... So, uh, I, I, as you're looking that up, Ben just sent me a link. Apparently, there's already a knockoff Nintendo Switch in China. <laughs> it looks exactly the same. It's like a little screen with controllers on the side. It's just the Morphous X300. At least it's not called something, like, similar. Yeah, the Nintendo Nwitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, like we said, it's, oh, wow, it's also $299. Jesus. What? Yeah, so. That's, what, what that's games, Switch what, price. What kind of games it's got? Uh, let's see. It, da, da, da. Apparently, it's an Android-based 3D gaming tablet. There you go. So you, it's like a oh yeah. That's impressive. So um, they yeah they what they're planning now is the Nintendo Switch to sell as many as uh, 30 million units, um, which puts it on par. So what the reason for this is that they they think it's now going to sell more like a handheld mm -hmm. than like a console, which I think is accurate. I think that it has the the benefit uh, that consoles have, which is being able to use it, you know, on at home on your big screen TV and get that nice experience. But because you can take it on the go, it has the possessiveness of a handheld. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want someone else playing my Switch. I don't want. I'm not going to lend it to someone and be like, you know, here, yeah, you know, you take it. Like, no, that's mine. Yeah. Um, in the same way that like I wouldn't share my 3DS. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it, yeah, and I know you can add multiple users and have like different user logins on it, but still, I'm the same way. I'm like, no, nobody else gets to play. Like, I don't trust anyone to screw up my save or, no. or yeah, do something. Yeah, well, but also then, because 
because then I I don't have it. And what if what if I feel like playing it? Mm -hmm. uh, you know. And so uh, I think that initially uh, Nintendo figured it would be treated more like a console that then you could take with you, and now it's a handheld that you can plug in. So that and that seems like a really minor shift in mentality, but it means that they're. Uh, wildly readjusting uh, their sales expectations. So more in line, um, yeah, with with other traditional handhelds that they're used to. Yeah. So they're looking shift? at um, perhaps as many as 30 million switches next year, like next year, and mm -hmm. that's like that's like PS2 levels. That's like the kind of sales that uh, the the Wii was doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's absolutely enormous considering that their initial. Uh, their initial forecast for their first year was 10 million. Yeah. I mean, they've had a really good year. That's like inarguable. I've had to come back and play my Switch many more times than I played my other console. Um, do you think this is going to shift the way they develop games? Like, uh, what, is it going to shift away from the 3DS a little bit? Yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping that we start to see more of a shift away from the 3DS. I think initially they may have been afraid that the price point would keep people away, and that's why they were kind of maintaining this dual platform between the Switch and the 3DS. But I think they're starting to see with the adoption and this future growth that they can invest in the Switch as a handheld platform yeah. as well. Um, which I'm, I'm, and I don't blame them for being timid about that and for, for being scared, but... Hopefully this will just accelerate fucking Animal Crossing for my Nintendo. We already got, we just got an Animal Crossing, dude. Don't. Well, and you know, and we're hoping that that's the canary. That's, that that's means the good that one. they'll. No, yeah. That yeah. you know, January, February, they'll have a Nintendo Direct and announce Animal Crossing date Metroid Prime Four. Mm -hmm. And what else? What? So, to, thirty million is a lot. They think they're going to do it largely off the back of they've so they've got Zelda, they've got Mario, so those are two of their heavy hitters that they got out in their launch year. What games is it going to take to yeah. move thirty million a year to? Yeah. I think it's Smash Brothers. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are they going to put out next year then? I mean, they haven't announced Smash Brothers. Pokemon. But they haven't. Uh, the, the, they haven't announced. They, they Smash said Pokemon Brothers was going to be like way late. Like, well, they said they haven't started working on it yet, and they're trying <laughs> to figure out like what they can do. But I don't want them to rush out of Pokemon. I want if I'm, if I'm going to get a, a like a a proper Pokemon for the Switch, I want it to be like something new. So you think that's gonna be 2019? I do. So we could, I think we could conceivably see a Mario Party next year. Once Mar we start to see like less supply constraint and do more people with the console. Yeah. Do you think we'd even, I don't think we'd see Metroid Prime next year, or Metroid next year. I mean, we could see a Metroid, but yeah, I don't think we're gonna see that anytime soon. Uh, uh, I think maybe they'll port Monster Hunter World over to it. I could see that working. Yeah, because that's, that's definitely a, a big 3DS game that people. Yeah, I'm looking through other darling. franchises here, trying to see what else they could do. Maybe a Star Fox game? Do you think Star Fox Ugh. is a unit mover? I don't know. I think it appeals to the base, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think. When was the last good Star Fox game? The first one. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. I mean, every but, single I mean, one of them. Is well, let, let's say let's say this then. I mean, Metroid had that curse as well, for a long time, until Retro started developing Metroid games. So maybe you know we're we're primed for uh, a Metroid-style renaissance for Star Fox. Hmm. For a new developer to come in and take the reins. Maybe it would be nice. Mm -hmm. It would be really nice. I think it's a good property for them to have, like if they can just revitalize it. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to see, and I also don't think it's a unit mover, but I'd like to see um, a properly licensed F Zero. There was a Fast RMX, the the game that came out uh, with Switch was a launch title, and it felt a lot like F Zero, mm. uh, which was great because it scratched the itch a little bit, but then it just made me think. Then you know, license it, like name it, like let's let's get F Zero back on some Captain Falcon. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's completely out of the question that we might get a two D Zelda game. Something, something like a Link Between Worlds. That would be dope. 
That would be dope. Yes. Uh, no, I'd, I'd be I'd, I'd, I'd be down for that. Uh, I mean, I'm looking through other Nintendo franchises. I mean, maybe you'd get a Kirby, but again, I don't think that's necessarily a huge unit mover. We, also- what we could do is we could see some um, one-offs from existing franchises. Like on the Wii U, we had Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, which were great games. Again, appealing to the base, not necessarily... Uh, going for for but new they audience. also like that sort of thing though does at least drive up attach rate, yeah. mm-hmm. um, oh. which generates revenue for them to yeah. to, to be able to keep. That, it. That, I just saw Ben said that uh, Kirby for Nintendo Switch is coming out twenty eighteen. Right, Kirby that, Star Allies. That one I don't know if that's a system mover either. It's, it seems like a value add, but there's also a bunch of. Uh, I mean, they're they're flooding it with indie <clears> games now, which <throat> is a huge add for people. Like things like Darkest Dungeon is coming to it. I'm excited about that. Hopefully, Dead Cells will come out for it. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the what I don't want to see happen because you know we're we're seeing like suddenly like Bethesda's got their games and they're releasing and mm-hmm. we're gonna have a whole bunch of other third parties being like, hey, great, because everyone's taking notice of how well the Switch is doing and also how well games are selling on the Switch. What I don't want to see is the return of the Wii game yes. library, just like of a just dump of crap, shovelware. Yeah, I'm with you. And but. and I think they've done a pretty good job so far of. Uh, the like the higher profile games that have come out have I've had a great experience with really all of them. Yeah. And just I, I want that to last. But I think a lot of that's going to be on Nintendo because Nintendo, out of all the publishers or out of all the platforms, has the strongest first party library. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's what you buy a Nintendo console for is for Nintendo's mm-hmm. games. All the other and- stuff, I want it. It's great. I want as much of it as I can get. But uh, Nintendo games are the backbone. Speaking of which, maybe we can finally see some virtual console. Oh, God, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that would help. Oh, well, they're, they're going to need to stop selling out of SNES Classic. <coughs> I don't want my SNES Classic. One day. If I can find it, potentially. <laughs> well, they, yeah, I, they, they said they've made so many more of them. Where are they? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're probably, they're probably on eBay. I'll yeah. take one. So, um, we'll see about that. But uh, let me... <coughs> oh, look, where did my... Okay. Here's where my notes are. Um, but uh, on the note of all the different games is uh, GameStop, one of their big, uh, like one of their biggest business verticals is their used games, right? That's where they make a lot of their money. And they uh, recently introduced um, this Power Pass. I think that's what it's called. Uh, it's like a used game subscription where you could, you know, tr- treat it like a library where you have the subscription and then you can go in and basically check out a used game, okay. uh, as many of these different used games as you want, and, and play them. And it, they were just treating it like a like a, like a Netflix sure. or something, you know, like you're, you're, or a Blockbuster. You, know, you check it out, and then you go play it, and then you bring it back, and, it's, and then you take another one. And they just shut it down. Did they shut it down? They shut, I heard the, it's, the, well, the, it's, the, the it's, words paused. Yes, paused. But they're pulling down all mentions of it, all point of sale. And I don't think it's because it didn't do well. I think it's a software limitation. They yeah. found out that like their software just can't handle it. Here's the, uh, I guess, the official response from GameStop on it. Is, uh, thank you, Ben, sent this to me, by the way. We have elected to temporarily pause the rollout of the new PowerPass subscription service based on a few program limitations we have identified. We feel this is the right thing to do for now to ensure we are able to provide our guests an exceptional service. Those guests who have already purchased the service, we are allowing them to bring the pass and video games they have checked out back to receive a full refund 
In addition, we are allowing them to pick out any pre-owned video game for free. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, that's, a, that's a, a pretty great make good if you had some problems you need to... Right. It, it really is. It really is. But yeah, it comes down to, I think, maybe they underestimated the, the demand for it early on, mm -hmm. or the worst thing is when like you test something and it works, uh, and then you realize at scale right. that you that your system just can't handle yep. it and like what do you do cook, so it's cook. it's on pause but i worry that it's on pause until they get a completely new Kotaku reported that, um, that you know they, the employees were told to take all the signage down but not to throw it away it's all stored in the back okay well that's a good think, sign right because you just stuff. can't you can't sell it right now, so why advertise right. it? And also, uh, some employees speculated to Kotaku that it was the company's antiquated computers couldn't keep up and handle it. So it may be the kind of thing where they need to upgrade an internal. That'll be very expensive. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> think of a lot of these like internal systems, like cash registers and stuff that a lot of businesses use. They're still ancient. Yep. A lot of them still run on like XP and things like that. Or, if yeah. that. or Windows CE yeah. or like some running, ancient um, shit. Running on DOS. That's, that's actually a pretty smart program though. Like if you have a bunch of used stock you're sitting on, like why not make money mm -hmm. on it? It seems like while it's uh, it was uh, $60 for six months based on what I can see. I don't know. The, the information's all gone from their website. Yeah. So it's basically like uh, for the price of two retail games a year, you can have access to this entire backlog of pretty much every game that's ever been made because by a week after launch, someone's selling games back. And after six months, you get to keep one of those games. That's, that sounds like a great that's, service. It really is, I think, a, a pretty good deal as far as those things go because the used game prices, they do tend to be like, it's like, five it's bucks like a little ten, much. ten bucks yeah. off, yeah. ten bucks. So you know, if you can if you can do that um, and be able to check out and play all these games and have the experiences, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, the other question then being, uh, it does seem a little weird to me that they might potentially be eating into their own revenue potential I th with something, with a program like this. I think the, a program like this is aimed at Redbox and taking away people who go to Redbox and rent a game for a couple of days and return it there. I think, you know, if they get them over to the GameStop ecosystem, yeah, they'll make less money per customer, but they can grow their customer base quite True. a bit. And, and, uh, and I know that that's... Uh, that's on, on an ongoing basis, a huge, uh, I think, a, a huge priority for GameStop because so much of new game sales is going digital, mm -hmm. and that means that like that's entirely vanishing from the the retail ecosystem. So yeah. they're looking for a lot of new ways to generate revenue and uh, and stay afloat. So now, yeah, it was uh, six sixty bucks for six months. Also, like you can count on a certain number of those customers not taking full advantage of the service. So mm -hmm. one customer rents a game for like three months and pays 60 bucks. It's like, oh, well, that's a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> like, it's like a gym. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, um, I'm very curious to see what happens with that. Um, and then just the, the final point of news uh, that I think is worth discussing is CD Projekt Red is hinting that they'll return to the world of The Witcher. So you need to get that Witcher 3 play. Dude, yeah. But they said uh, it would It's not going to be Witcher 4. Right. So the world of the the world guess, of the Witcher. I love Geralt though. He's a good guy. I don't want to move away from Geralt's story. Yeah, but but the universe is so big. Yeah. That no, world and that his story created. is his story feels pretty complete. Yeah. You know, so, right. um, but what would you want to see in a Witcher game that's not about Geralt? In uh, a way that means that that we don't mass effect Andromeda this franchise. Hmm. I'm trying to look up to see uh, what their specific. I don't. I don't really know. About it, however, there is one thing I would like to see, and that is like a remaster of the first game. 
because I never I came to that for that first game pretty late and it was uh, it didn't feel great to play. I think that that's actually maybe a smart idea. I think The Witcher 3 reached such a critical mass and such a wide audience. Yeah. It maybe it would be good to go back and bundle the old, remaster and bundle would, the older games yeah. to get people. I would almost say yeah. remake well, that first game. There's cuz yeah, there's a lot of people who hopped on with <coughs> Witcher 2 and more people who hopped on with Witcher 3. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did a good job of onboarding new players, but uh, you know, uh, I am an example of someone who I didn't play the first one. Mm -hmm. Because I, I caught on to it later, and sometimes it's difficult to go back to an older game that's then you can you can see the the dating, you can see yeah. the, like a little bit of the age, um, and that it's not quite as polished. And but I still would like to experience that story. So depending on whether it's a, a practical from a potential sales standpoint for them to do it, I'd love to see them uh, bring like remaster or remaster and maybe tweak mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. older games for new release. So the quote by the CEO of CD Projekt Red was, uh, it's too early to talk about it, but it's not like we're forgetting about this brand. It wouldn't be fair towards the fans. We work within this universe for over a dozen years now, and I don't think it's going to be the end of it. So it seems pretty much like it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited for them to focus on a new IP, though, because uh, Cyberpunk looks incredible. And I think they also mentioned that they're, it, that like, I think they said something along the lines of, like, games need online services these days. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that means that Cyberpunk either either gonna they're gonna go whole hog and just be like Cyberpunk's an MMO, great. I was, that's that was gonna be my suggestion for a Witcher for the, for another Witcher game, like a Witcher be like World. a MMO style game. Yeah, that would be amazing. Interesting, um, super amazing. Uh, but I I at the very least, hopefully, uh, Cyberpunk has some sort of online cooperative elements where it's sort of like Dark Soulsy, where you're living in this this world where you see like shadows of other players, but not necessarily like directly interacting. Well, um, they already they have spoken. Uh, well, or if they haven't spoken about it, I think there have been like some some trademarks and right about uh, about like what they've got going with Cyberpunk, mm -hmm. which at the very least means there's like some sort of like uh, there's like a community hub area that it is online. Right. So there, how that's some... gonna all fit together, uh, they're not talking about just yet, but there are absolutely gonna be online elements. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty excited about that. All right, next week is Thanksgiving week. Uh, so keep an eye out for all of that. We will have an episode. Uh, it is pre-recorded. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, but we'll talk about all things that we're thankful for and, you know, really get into the, the spirit of Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, we will, of course, have a new episode of New Game Plus exclusively for Rooster Teeth First members on the website. If you're not a Rooster Teeth First member yet, you can uh, get a free trial so you can check it out uh, and see if it's for you. Uh, and uh, we'll have more of that coming up as well. And just want to say big thanks to everyone who's watching and sending in questions for us and all that. We're having a really good time with video games, even, even when we have stuff like Star Wars Battlefront 2 that can be really frustrating. So we'll see you guys next week.